I'm so glad that you're here. I, I don't know how your week has been, but I bet it's been different. Uh, let's go down the list. I don't, I don't know what part of life you're in, but if you're a student, you're facing the weirdest semester that you've never thought was possible. Uh, we're watching as older than high schoolers going, I can't imagine walking through the semester that you've walked through where prom may or may not be. Graduation probably looks different. Universities changing when graduations play out and people doing online school. If you're a parent, by the way, with online school and you got a kid at home, you added a hat and you didn't even choose to add that hat. All of a sudden you've gone from parent to doing all that kind of stuff to where now, now you, you teach your kid, you walk them through assignments, you make sure they don't get behind and, 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 and your days are not, hey, let's just sit and relax. You're a teacher. And you're making meals. If you're a business owner or, or a nonprofit leader or even a pastor, I know what you're walking through. You're wondering, how does this play out? How do you keep the doors open? How, how do you actually uh, rise above the, the economy that has changed? How do you lead in this? What do you cancel? Where does income come from? And, and you've got all these tensions building. And then, and then you watch if you, on social media that people are now getting family photos on their porches distantly and Life just seems weird, and you probably are like me, where you have moments where it's like up and down, where you're like, you're great, I'm really enjoying this, this is amazing. But then you get hit with a wave of, wow, this isn't what I wanted. A wave of stress when you begin to think about the potential realities, the potential things that are going to play out and how they might play out. If you're normal, you're going up and down. And stress is there sometimes. Uh, a guy known all about psychology said something I think it's worth going after. The, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. Now, this sounds like a good quote. Some of you are like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tweet that. I'm, I'm going to share that. And get the, but can we, just, can we dive into this a bit more personal and, and say, I would love to be able to like, choose a thought, Right? Like where you're in a moment, maybe you don't like the thought that you're going through and you're like, I would love to choose a thought, but I don't know how. See, I think this guy's wisdom is good and it applies to right where we're at right now. How do you and I, how, how do we actually say, I'm thinking this and this is wrecking my day. This is bringing about worry and anxiety. How do I choose another thought? Well, the best way to go after this is to look at the life of Jesus. That's what we've been doing, is looking at the life of Jesus, letting Jesus teach us what to do, how to take our steps, how to live this life that we're living. So I want to walk you in to a moment of Jesus' life that was really, really, really awesome. He gets baptized. Jesus does, yeah. You can find this in the Bible. In fact, let me take you to this in, in the actual Bible. After his baptism, Jesus got baptized. As Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. Just stop for a second. The heavens were opened. He got baptized, and it's like, all oh, this amazing were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and setting on him. This, this, this settling, this, this amazing, supernatural, spiritual moment. You, you probably have cried out and sometimes would hope that the heavens would just peek open a little bit and kind of wave to you and say, hey, we got you. That's what's happening here. And a voice from heaven said, this 
is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Come on, if you've ever been baptized and you had that kind of a moment, if you've ever had any kind of a moment where it just felt like heaven was just shining down on you and God's looking at you going, hey, you know what? You make me happy. That, that does something to us. Don't, don't like belittle this situation like, well, it's Jesus. He, he didn't need that. He didn't care about that. No, no, no. Picture the scene. At a river, trees hanging over the edge and just a beautiful, serene, cool environment. Jesus being baptized, the heavens open up and, and it's like this is an epic moment. You've had, a, you've had a moment like that. In fact, right now, right now, just right now, think about a season in your life that you've had that if you could relive it right now, it was an awesome moment. If you could relive it, you would. Just, just think about one of the greatest times of your life. Maybe it was just a one-day thing. Maybe it was a longer. Just think about that right now, how good that was. But then something changes with Jesus. As you read the Bible, you've got this incredible, just supernatural, epic moment. And in one verse, the scene changes. Let me show it to you. I'll read it to you and I'll explain this. Then Jesus, so baptized, epic. Oh, this is awesome. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. You're not misreading this, and sometimes we don't read this in order, and we should. We just went from like, everything is awesome, to this is horrible. You've been there. It's called a pandemic. It's where potentially you're looking at at the business mapping of the future going, hey, our business is thriving. Things are going well. Maybe you got a promotion. Maybe your job was thriving. And then all of a sudden, boom, cuts, layoffs, people being fired, the income not coming in. You went from this is great to what in the world? Maybe school was one of the best times you've had lately. And then now you're home. And it's not near as good as you thought it would be. Maybe what you thought was thriving in your marriage, now that you've been confined to the home for a while, it's no longer thriving. Maybe the stress and worry has begun to build up and you thought you were on this track of life and life was pretty good and then all of a sudden, one verse later, you're in the wilderness. I'm I'm not an expert on pandemics, okay? Uh, this is the first pandemic that I've ever been through. And so I'm going to make an observation, something that I am learning and I'm processing that I want to pass on to you. A pandemic is like a wilderness. That's what it's like. Again, I'm not an expert, so I'm just going to tell you what, what I'm experiencing, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing. <clears throat> is it there is a wilderness dynamic. It, now think about the wilderness. The wilderness, the sticks, as many of us will call it, right? Where, where there aren't signs saying, Hey, you're in the wilderness. Now go here, do this. Um, here's the Wi-Fi password for the wilderness experience you're having. Uh, there, there aren't grocery stores and gas stations and, and all of this stuff just ready for you. Convenience is not connected to wilderness. And in the real wilderness, it's kill or be killed. It's think for yourself, 
fend for yourself. And if you've ever been in the wilderness, you've actually been by yourself in the sticks and the sun goes down. One of the scariest moments you can experience if you're by yourself. Ooh, ooh. It's one thing to plan a camping trip into the sticks in the wilderness and to have a hiking buddy with you, but, but to accidentally, not in a predicted fashion, to find yourself lost in a wilderness by yourself. Do you understand why the stress just launches? Right now, you and I are in a pandemic that I've, it's a lot like a wilderness where you didn't choose it, and all of a sudden when you're in the wilderness, you begin to see things, think things, process things way different. Jesus has this epic moment, supernatural moment, and then switches to the wilderness. And in the wilderness, in the wilderness, you need to see what happened to Jesus and what Jesus did. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain. If you're new to the Bible and you're like, okay, so he's in the wilderness and, and now, now the devil's with him? Yeah, so here's what happened. Jesus is in this wilderness, what we know now, for about 40 days, a little bit, but 40 days. He didn't eat, which is another dynamic to this whole process by himself, and in that time, what we know is, is the devil, Satan, shows up and tempts him multiple times. Now, now, multiple times, we have three recorded, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you to the last one. This is the last one. Think about it, the devil's tempting you, and, and he pulls out like all, all the things, just he's trying to get you, get you, get you. Well, the last temptation is gonna be like, I'm really going after you, I'm, I'm pulling out all the stops, I'm gonna go after what I'm really going after. Jesus is in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said. Watch. If you will kneel down and worship me. Yeah. Satan says this to Jesus, says, I want you to worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, and this is important, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Notice what he says. In response to like, hey, I want you to worship me, and, and Jesus responds, nah, I'm not gonna worship you. The, the, the dialogue is worship, obviously. It's obviously worship, you see it, the word is there, is worship, worship, worship. Satan's like, I want you to worship me, and Jesus is like, I'm not worship you. And, and there's this worship talk, and you need to know like, what's really going on. What are, they, what are they going back and forth on, this worship word? Because that might be new to you, and like, I think I know what worship is. What Satan says, what Satan says is, I want you to declare that, that you trust me, that you put all your trust in me. Jesus is like, no, I'm not putting my trust in you. That's the temptation. And in fact, the wilderness reveals who we trust. Now, just think, think about right now. Think about any worries or anxieties that you've processed in this time. They're trust things. If your job doesn't give you the hours that your job used to give you, if you don't have the income that you used to have, if the horizon doesn't look as beautiful and glorious as you were hoping, 
You've now learned what you trust and don't trust. If you're in a relationship that has faced betrayal, even in the midst of the pandemic, you're learning about what do you really trust in? This is so important for you and I to learn in the midst of this conversation about a pandemic and Jesus and worship and this dialogue, this moment between Jesus and Satan, what do I do? Well, we, we learn this in the wilderness is, is revealing what you and I actually trust in, who we trust in. Let me, let me illustrate what, what's going on. Uh, you, you and I are like this. This is, this is basic life. And this is, we were living life. Life was good. We were full of whatever we were full of. But then the stress came of things and began to squeeze stuff out of us. This is how this works. This is what stress does. It begins just to squeeze us, right? And you, you, can't, you, you can't help but, but be squeezed in tension. You face the tension. You can't avoid stress and all that. But this is how it works. And this is how many of us feel right now. And you're like, yeah, that's a horrible mental picture, David. Like, no, no, this is what's going on. And in fact, let me be more direct. Let me be more. The wilderness squeezes out worry or worship. That's what's going on. You and I both right now are being squeezed. And what's coming out is either worry or worship. That's how this is working. I wonder, I wonder where you're landing on this. Is, is what's squeezing out of you is just, oh, well, this could happen, and, and, you're, and you're making sure that you're following every single line of the news, and this person says this, and this is how I have to prepare, and, and we begin to get scared and, and full of tension and, 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 and this worry. Or, or has your response been what, what Jesus said? I'm not going to worship you or those things. I'm going to put my trust in that. Hmm. This is a big deal. Now, now, now let, I, you, you know, if you've, if you've paid attention, you, you know that, okay, I, David, I know I'm not supposed to worry. I don't want to worry. Well, you need, you need to see the differences between this. Worry, worry brings chaos. You, you might be feeling that right now. Worry brings chaos. It, it creates a false reality. Have you ever been there where, where, where you're like, you know what, this could happen, and then they might say this, and then this could happen, and, and then we're going to have to, and we're going to lose our house, and we're going to this, and you begin to have this, this false reality that hasn't even played out yet, but you're certain that it is. That's what worry does, and it destroys hope. You're like, hope? Who can have hope at, at, during these kinds of seasons? Maybe you've said that, like, in a pandemic, who can have hope? Well, that means worry is being squeezed out of you. This is what Jesus taught us worship. It brings order, order to your thoughts. It makes sure that you're not just jumping to conclusions. It clarifies true reality because in, in the midst of worshiping, you begin to understand, wait a minute, those are sometimes lies or things that I'm not even supposed to be concerned with, and it gives you hope. If you worship, you will find yourself with hope. Let me just be very, very open with you right now. The other day, uh, I woke up early, earlier than everybody, and it wasn't good. I, I had one of those worry wake-ups. Maybe you've had that. It was a worry wake-up where I woke up and, and all this pressure was just sitting there. I had all these thoughts, uh, thoughts of uh, how, how do I lead a church as, as a pastor in the midst of a pandemic where we can't physically gather, and, and what's, what's the ramifications of all of this? Uh, thinking as, as a parent, like how how do I help my kids not regress in the midst of all this? How do I help them actually learn what they need to learn? And even as a husband, how do I support my wife in the midst of this? How do we be a, a, a team in all of this where I don't put it all on her? And all, all of this was, was in my mind. So I woke up early. A worry wake up is what I call it. 
And, and, and I, I went downstairs just processing, processing, uh, worrying, worrying, and worrying. And then I realized, you know what? This is horrible. This is no fun. So I uh, have some speakers, and I looked up on my phone uh, a playlist that I have, and I'm like, I have got to worship. I don't feel like worshiping, but I've got to. So, so I started playing a song. I started worshiping, even though I didn't feel like it. I'm not playing this music. Yeah, everyone's asleep, and I'm just like, I don't care if you wake up to this. Here's the song. Again, it's not a, it's not a magic trick, but I just wanted to show you. It's called The Blessing, and it's, it's been a blessing for me in, in the midst of any kind of worry thoughts. His, his words, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. I wonder if you've forgotten that God is with you. In, in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going and your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you, he is for you. And I've played this song over and over and over and over again. And I needed to so I could, I could find the thought. Remember where we started? Get to the thought that's actually true. Get to the place of worship where I can say, you know what? Whatever's going on, I don't control it, but I can control my thoughts. I'm learning some things. I want to pass them on to you. Basic things I'm learning, but this has been pivotal for me. Here, here. You, you may not be able to fix it, whatever it is. You may not be able to fix it, but you can worship through it. You need to get this. I, you and I can't fix this virus. You can't fix all of the economy going on. You can't fix your disappointment. You can't just fix it, but you can worship through it. You can say, I don't know how to fix this, how to walk through this. I don't know how to manage this all a week later or a month later, but right now, right now, I can worship through it. If worship is, is something you don't feel or you're, you're uncertain about, I want to take this one one more step here, here. The situation may not look good, but God is good. And this is why we're talking about worship. God is so good. And I know that some of us, but, but David, this and this and this and this, and I get it. I, I really, I really get it. The situation doesn't look fantastic. I'm not trying to be negative. Trying just to speak what you and I feel. But no matter what we walk through, God is still good. God still loves you. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves through worship that although the outside seems weird and strange and painful, God still loves me. I've, I've, read, a, I've read an area of scripture before that may not have resonated until now. Do you, do you know the majority of us, if you just look it up, you, and feel free to Google today, do you know the majority of us feel unloved? I think it's around 60% of us feel unloved. And situations like what you and I are in right now can make us feel unloved by God. So I'll take you to what I've read to you before. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Some of us are like, I'm kind of feeling that. Does it mean... He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. You feel that right now? So let me give you the answer. If you keep reading, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victories ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither... Our fears for today, come on. 
or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you and it's time that you and I say we can get through this so we're gonna worship through this. Whether you feel like it or not, let me say this. We think of love as a feeling. We experience love as an action, and that's what Jesus did for us. So it's time that you and I act out our love for God, engage his love for us, and that's how we respond to this, because we don't know the future, but we can live now. We can walk out now. Are you going to worship? I didn't tell you the whole story. You know about Jesus and Satan. And you remember, hopefully, that that Jesus responds to Satan, I'm not going to worship you. Like, I'm not going to put my trust in you. Do you know what the devil's response to this was? The devil went away. You want the devil to go away? You want the devil to stop messing with you? See, 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 Jesus was praying and fighting and he was being squeezed and worship was coming out. What are you going to do? I hope that you'll take this season and say, you know what? I don't know about tomorrow, but I can worship today. Let me pray with you. God, I believe with all my heart that you know what the future looks like. You've said it, you are all knowing. So Lord, I pray right now for everyone listening, listening in living rooms, at workplaces, on phones, computers, TVs. God, I pray for all of us, that you would help us take control of our thoughts, that we would worship you over and over again, that we would put the music on, that we would pray to you, that we would listen to you, that we would read your Bible, that we would just worship you. God, we love you. Thank you for meeting us in this moment. Thank you for loving us no matter what. We pray this in your wonderful name, in the name of Jesus, amen. In a moment, as a church, we're gonna participate in communion all together. Yeah, we can do this. Before we get to communion, I want, to, I want to set the stage for us. Because some of us are like, am I allowed to take communion, be a part of communion? Wait, doesn't that have to happen in a church building with a pastor or a priest? No, no, here's what I want to tell you what the Bible says, is, is communion not, is not supposed to be about religion, it's supposed to be about relationship. In a moment, as we take communion, you're gonna learn that it's a way for us to worship. It's a way for us to remember Jesus. And so here, I want you to know that, that you all of us, all of you, all, all of us are invited to participate in communion. The Bible basically gives us one rule, is that you actually have a relationship with Jesus. You've put your trust in Jesus, that you believe he is your Lord and your Savior. And so, as we get our hearts ready for communion, I'll have one of our pastors come up and lead us through it. But I invite you to take this moment to worship 
to take the thoughts of worry and anxiety and to defeat them by saying, I trust in Jesus. I put all my trust in Jesus. I don't know about tomorrow, but right now, I remember that Jesus is all powerful. Jesus is bigger than my pain, my problem. He is stronger than anything I ever encounter. I remember that Jesus loves me. Let's remember that together.